You think I like being here on Christmas Eve, Alan? No. Well, maybe. <laughs> okay. Okay, maybe I do have a touch of tunnel vision this holiday season, but in two days, we're going to announce one of the largest mergers in U.S. corporate history. When a deal like this turns up, you get on it and you ride it till it's over. You don't ask it for a vacation. December 26th, after that, there'll be so much money floating around here, it'll be like Christmas every day. December 26th, people, if, if you'd like to celebrate that day, you all have my blessing. You're right, Jack. I'm, I'm really sorry. No, I don't want you to be sorry, Alan. I want you to be excited. I want my gift to you to be the first gift you open this year. You know why? I, I... Because my gift comes with ten zeros. Yes, his, you know what, that scene from uh, The Family Man, my gift comes with 10 zeros, that's really not going to be on Christmas this year, it's going to be on January 20th. Actually, in, in reality, we're already starting to see the, the gift, and we're call it Trump. And you know what, it's not so much, it's not so much Trump, it's called the turn, the, the, the uh, turning of the government upside down. You know, that's the exciting part is we got someone who's going to be president in just 30-some days. I think it's 35 while I'm recording, but you might be listening on Saturday or Sunday. So uh, it might be 34 or 33 days till we have uh, the president step in. And uh, having su having the president and a whole cabinet full of business people, business people and smart people with common sense that don't have an ulterior motive of what can I get out of this, um, I just think, you know, I've been saying this for, for over a year. I've been saying Trump's going to get in there and he's going to, he's going to get in there and start seeing how, how things really work. And he's going to go, you guys are doing what? And it's going to be the end of the money train for all these politicians. And I think that's why you're seeing, seeing people come out of the, out of the woodwork to discourage, discourage uh, anybody. You know, they're trying to, to delegitimize the the election, the elect, the election of of uh, Donald Trump. I'm I'm tripping over my tongue as I do sometimes when I'm uh, when I'm uh, freestyle here. I don't have my teleprompter up, so I'm just talking as I think of stuff. You know, you're hearing all these uh, all these um, actors and movie stars and uh, and music people trying sending out that video to tell people to not for the electors to not vote for who the people voted for. Vote their conscience. And what Martin Sheen and uh, uh, Deborah Messing and all those people on that on that video that uh, if you haven't seen it, I probably should play that. I'll try and get that get that video before we finish the show. Um, if you haven't seen it, um, they're saying, hey, you know what? All you need to do is you and 35 others need to vote your conscience instead of voting what the people said. And we could turn this around. You know what 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 uh what those people don't understand is our founding fathers didn't didn't try to create a create an, a world a country for movie stars and sports heroes and and necessarily rich people to to uh to prosper. 
to, to prosper. And they didn't create a country for the poor people and the people down on their luck or the lazy to get get a free lunch. They wanted to create an environment where every man who wanted to work hard could get as far ahead as they're as they're willing as they want to be. You know, if you wanna if you want to be big, if you wanna be if you wanna build a business, you wanna work hard, if you wanna sacrifice, if you wanna sacrifice what it uh do what it takes to build a business and get rich, that's the price you have to pay. If you're willing to pay it, you can have it. And uh, they don't understand that getting government out of our lives will fix it. In fact, you got the video yet ready, ready Dan? Play it. Republican members of the Electoral College, this message is for you. As you know, our founding fathers built the Electoral College to safeguard the American people from the dangers of a demagogue and to ensure that the presidency only goes to someone who is to an eminent degree endowed with the requisite qualifications. An eminent degree. Someone who is highly qualified for the job. The Electoral College was created specifically to prevent an unfit candidate from becoming president. There are 538 members of the Electoral College. You and just 36 other conscientious Republican electors can make a difference. By voting your conscience on December 19th. And thereby shaping the future of our nation. I'm not asking you to vote for Hillary Clinton. I'm not asking you to vote for Hillary Clinton. I'm not asking you to vote for Hillary Clinton. As you know, the Constitution gives electors the right to vote for any eligible person. Any eligible person, no matter which party they belong to. But it should certainly be someone you consider especially competent. Especially competent to serve as President of the United States of America. By voting your conscience, you and other brave Republican electors can give the House of Representatives the option to select a qualified candidate for the presidency. I stand with you. I stand with you. I stand with you. I stand with you in support and solidarity with conservatives, independents, and liberals. And all citizens of the United States. The American people trust that your voice speaks for us all. And that you, you will make yourself heard through the constitutional responsibility granted to you by Alexander Hamilton himself. What is evident is that Donald Trump lacks more than the qualifications to be president. He lacks the necessary stability and clearly the respect for the constitution of our great nation. You have the position, the authority, and the opportunity to go down in the books as an American hero who changed the course of history. And you have my respect. You have my respect. You have my respect. For your patriotism. And service to the American people. Unite for America. I have no, no, no desire to have those idiots respect. They don't understand the people spoke. Hey, do it on part of the people of the United States. Hey, you know what? The people of the United States voted on November 8th. And these idiots who don't know what it's like to have to go to work every day, have to build a business, have to put up with the government regulation, and still try to keep their, their employees uh, employed and paid and and uh, insured and abide by all the all the regulation and the you know what how hard it is in the environment that that Barack Obama and his administration have built it's so hard to keep a to keep a business together for no matter what industry you're in I being in the mortgage business um it's especially hard um I am I and a and a whole bunch of half the country are so hopeful 
for what's about to happen and what has started happening. I've seen in the last in the last three weeks since Trump was elected, more I've seen more good stuff happen than we saw in eight years. And these idiots that were on that video are the same idiots that elected Barack Obama. And what did he do for this country? He borrowed $10 trillion and gave it away, wasted it. What did we do with it? We just wasted it. Did we build anything that was, that was, did we invest it? You know, you invest it, you put it into a factory, you put it into something that's going to generate jobs. You're going to do something to stimulate the economy. What did he do with it? He wasted it and say, oh, well, he stopped us from going over a cliff. You're wrong. You're wrong. He was about to take us over a cliff, and Hillary Clinton would have pushed us the rest of the way over. So, uh, hey, God bless America, and God bless Donald Trump, and God bless all you smart people that voted for him, and we've got to push it, push it forward so we can turn California blue— turn California from blue to red in the next four years because uh, California, what you guys what you guys did with your propositions is uh, is criminal because you know what? Nobody understands what they voted for. And now we get to pay for bags. We don't get plastic bags. We are letting uh, violent criminals out of jail on January 1st. It's now it's now uh, not even a violent crime to shoot a cop. Um, you know it's 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 criminal. It's criminal the idiocy and the and the lack of uh, the lack of intelligence in this state. It's embarrassing, you know. And the people are talking about Hillary Clinton won the popular vote, and uh, yeah, she won the popular vote in California. And California has so many people that that could have ruled the the whole country, and that's why the electoral college was uh, came across because so not one one area of the country controls the whole the whole country. So anyway. I'm ranting, and I have a whole script of a script of uh, things that I need to get to today, and uh, that was completely freestyle. So uh, let's get on with the show. But first, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located in the city of Moreno Valley, and servicing all of Southern California, all of California and Arizona, with uh, offices throughout. Offices throughout. Uh, if you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are still great opportunities, even though the interest rates are going up, and we'll talk about that shortly, uh, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. Uh, if, you haven't, if you haven't refinanced already, bummer. You missed it. Uh, rates are still great, though. So if you needed to consolidate, if you needed to consolidate some loans, firsts and seconds together, if you need to consolidate some bills, um, or if you just waited really long and you had a really high interest rate, call me. Uh, call me and uh, let's uh, get you uh, on your way to what you still can do. Interest rates were uh, were much better before the election, and I suggest and I suspect they will. Uh, They'll come back down. Nobody, nobody knows for sure the extent of the Trump bump and what it's going to do. But we'll talk about that more in the second half. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, but you don't want to talk on the phone, because you don't want your coworkers to hear your stuff that's going on. Wait till your your government mandated fifteen minute break or your government mandated lunch break, and then go to wccloans.com. And uh, click on the uh, Apply Now button somewhere there and uh, get all my contact information. You can uh, click Apply Now and it'll, it'll take, you can put in as much information as you want to give me and ask in, you can tell me how much information you want back and tell me how to contact you. You'll hear back from me or one of my teammates. If there's any part of the show you want repeated or you want to hear the whole show or you don't want to listen on the radio because uh, it comes on at uh, 
times that aren't convenient for you, you can get my podcast on edhoffman.net or you can go to and go to the podcast page or you can uh, get it on demand anytime. You can get on demand anytime there or uh, get the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes. Go to iTunes, click uh, search Ed Hoffman or the main event or Ed Hoffman, the main event, and uh, you'll see my podcast. You can uh, subscribe for free, have it download to your your device that you listen to podcasts on. Listen to it anytime it's convenient. Okay, so now that I did all that fun stuff, I should do my legal disclosure now, but I won't. I'll wait till the end for that. So uh, all these government regulations are using up all my time on the radio. So uh, let's talk about what's happened over the past week. A debate has emerged as to whether the Russian government interfered in our election to boost Donald Trump. You know what? And I, you know, I hear all this stuff, and it, it really hits me personally. I say, you know what? Don't give the Russians credit for electing Donald Trump. It was the people. It was the people that said, hey, enough. Enough of Hillary Clinton's BS. Enough of Barack Obama's BS. Enough of giving our country away. If we're going to be, uh, you know, and it's and it's uh, and it's uh, coincidence that the day I'm recording, I'm recording on Friday, so you're probably listening on Saturday or Sunday. I, list- I so I recorded yesterday or the day before from when you're hearing this. But uh, Friday was the uh, anniversary of the Boston Tea Party when uh, when the people g- rose up and went to the Boston Harbor and threw tons and tons of tea into the harbor and said, said, hey, no taxation without representation. We're not paying your taxes if we don't get represented uh, in government. We don't have a say in our in our country. And uh, that's what happened on November 8th, 2016. Just a different version of it. So, uh, so anyway, so, so they're all, they're all debating whether the, uh, Russian interfering in the election had anything to do with it. Uh, started last Friday when CIA agents briefed members of the Senate intelligence committee with information that they had performed a secret assessment. They're on secret double probation. Uh, so that secret assessment of Russian hacking, according to the Washington Post, the CIA determined that individuals with ties to the Russian government were among sources who provided WikiLeaks with thousands of hacked emails from the DNC, Hillary's uh, campaign staff, and others. And although uh, WikiLeaks Julian Assange denies that, uh, I don't know if we pulled that clip, but uh, so naturally the media is running with this and blowing it out of proportion. Here's how Chuck Todd started out on Meet the Press on Sunday. Donald Trump, the Russians, and the 2016 election. The CIA has concluded the Russians intervened to help elect Donald Trump, who as a candidate praised Vladimir Putin. I think I'd have a good relationship with Putin, who knows? At issue this morning, exactly how did the Russians interfere? Why did they do it? And to what extent did they succeed? So dramatic with that music. Whoa! Let me see if I can do that. And because the New York Times reporter, and because the New York Times reported that the RNC was hacked as well, the media put RNC chair Reince Priebus, Trump's future chief of staff, on the defensive. Here's George Stephanopoulos gr- grilling him on it. See if you can find any irony in what he's saying. Perhaps the FBI told you the RNC wasn't hacked, but do you know where all of your data was stored? could have been stored in other archives and are you confident that other intelligence agencies haven't reached the conclusion that some of your data was indeed hacked perhaps personal gmail accounts the irony is that hillary and her staff used their personal gmail accounts and we already know that those were hacked but media acted like it was nothing because it was hillary and she's above the law so you have to love rights Priebus's response to all this outrage 
But look, the Russians didn't tell Hillary Clinton to ignore Wisconsin and Michigan, okay? I mean, I know it's this is this insane uh, analysis. She lost the election because her ideas were bad. She didn't fit the electorate. She ignored states that she shouldn't have. And Donald Trump was the change agent, okay? So this is all very interesting. But Donald Trump won in an electoral landslide uh, that had nothing to do with the Russians. <laughs> And as the week went on, the story became about whether Trump knew Russia was behind the hacking. Here's White House Press Secretary Josh Ernest. Josh Ernest saying that he did. Republican nominee himself calling on Russia to hack his opponent. It might be an indication that he was obviously aware and concluded, based on whatever facts or sources he, was, he had available to him, that Russia was involved and their involvement was having a negative impact on his opponent's campaign. That's why he was encouraging them to keep doing it. Yeah, what Ernest was referring to was a statement. Wasn't it dramatic with the music? It was so it was exciting to actually sit in front of the microphone with the music behind me. Gave me the pump up. So what Ernest was referring to in his statement from Trump on the campaign trail over the summer was when Trump said this. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. I think you will probably be rewarded mightily by our press. Yeah, that's so that's so that's so. So terrible that what he said. Kellyanne Conway, who may be our next uh, White House press secretary, responded to Ernest. It's remarkable. That is breathtaking. I guess he's auditioning to be a political pundit after his job is overseen. That is incredibly disappointing to hear from the podium of the White House press secretary because he is, he basically, he essentially stated that the president-elect had knowledge of this, maybe even fanned the flames. Um, it's, it's incredibly irresponsible, and I wonder if his boss, President Obama, agrees. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing the wuss that uh, Josh Ernest is, and uh, and it rem reminds me that uh, as I talked to uh, to my nephew Ben about the uh, Boston Tea Party anniversary, uh, he he said, "Look, that was the start of the revolution, and in the same place the start of the wussiness of our of our party, the the state of Massachusetts." So anyway, uh, Josh Ernest is the wussiness of the Democrats. He just shows. What a uh, guy with no chin, how he talks. So anyway, uh, Mike Huckabee, who's still a Trump surrogate, pointed out that the real what the real agenda behind the story is. Just a, totally uh, stunned by the fact that Josh Ernest would say that. First of all, Donald Trump said what he did sarcastically by saying maybe maybe Putin can get those 33,000 deleted emails. That's what he was saying. It was a joke and everybody got the joke except the humorless people in the White House. Secondly, you know who did know about this in advance? President Obama. Yeah. He knew about this in September of 2015. What did he do about it? Nothing. This is such a non-story. It is absolutely something the Democrats are using to try to discredit the validity of Donald Trump's election and it is just disgusting. My opinion is, who gives a crap what the Russians did? You know what? All they did was just, uh, bring out some of the truth, because they, because they brought they if if they were involved at all, and uh, and there's and there's debate was it the Russians or the Chinese? But if there if there was any debate at all, this is my question: How were they able to do it? And why wasn't the Obama administration concerned that there was? 
cyber insecurity going on in his administration. Who wrote was on the who wrote what was in the emails? What was on the emails? What did they really say? And why does anyone care? Because we found out the truth. And the Democrats didn't want us to find out the truth that Hillary is a is Satan. So anyway, that's what that's the questions of what I have. So next next after week of speculation, Trump uh, that Trump would nominate everyone from Rudy Giuliani to, to uh, John Bolton to Mitt Romney for a secretary of state. He ended up appointing someone who most Americans had never heard of, ExxonMobil CEO Rex Tillerson. We'll talk about Russia controversy with Tillerson in a minute, but first, some of the people who have spoken highly of Tillerson and or recommended him to Trump are two former secretaries of state, James Baker, who was secretary of state for uh, Bush the senior, and Condoleezza Rice, who was uh, Secretary of State for George W. Bush, former Vice President Dick Cheney, former Defense Secretary Robert Gates, Senate Majority Leader Mitch Connell, and Speaker of the House Paul Ryan. Here's what Trump said about Tillerson on Fox News Sunday. More than a business executive. I mean, he's a world-class player. He's in charge of, I guess, the largest company in the world. He's in charge of a, an oil company that's pretty much double the size of his next nearest competitor. It's been a company that's been unbelievably managed. And to me, a great advantage is he knows many of the players and he knows them well. He does massive deals in Russia. He does massive deals for the company, not for himself, for the company. As a fan of Rudy Giuliani, as I've, uh, I've stated many times, I thought he would have been a great president. And if you've read his book, Leadership, you know why. Uh, I was hoping he would get the job, but here's what Rudy had to say about Tillerson this week. He certainly has the background and experience to understand the world. And if you're going to get somebody in that position, you're probably going to get a very successful person. So you're OK with the choice? I'm OK with the choice. So what is exactly the connection between Tillerson and Russia? Here's what we know. While running ExxonMobil in 2011, Tillerson struck a $3 billion deal to drill for oil in the Arctic along with Rosneft. Rosneft, Russian state-run energy conglomerate, according to reports, Putin personally oversaw the negotiations. In 2013, Putin rewarded Tillerson with a Russian government award called the Order of Friendship. In exchange for the Arctic drilling rights, Tillerson gave Russia access to oil fields, oil fields in his home state of Texas. In 2014, the agreement was halted by U.S. sanctions against Russia following its annexation of Ukraine's Crimean Peninsula. So if you remember, they went into to, uh, to Ukraine and took over the, the Crimean Peninsula, the Crimea, the piece of uh, Ukraine that sticks out into the Gulf. And in 2014, uh, when that happened, they stopped the agreement. 2014, Tillerson attended the World Petroleum Com Conference in Moscow, appearing on stage with Igor Sechin, a confidant of Putin and head of Razanov. What does this say to you in my eyes, in my eyes about, uh, about Tillerson, about Tillerson? You know, he's a, he's a businessman. And you know what business people know, uh, of the, what business people of this caliber know? They know what to say. They know what, to, what not to say. They know how to posture for what they want, what the USA wants. When they go into negotiations, they think about, hey, what is it I'm trying to get out of here? You know what I had, uh, and they, and they know what to say. I think about a friend of mine that asked me that he's they're dealing with his 16 year old daughter and saying, "Hey, here's what you got to do. Do you want to move out at 18? So you got to save money, and we're making them give us money to 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 save so she'll have money for her first and last." And I'm thinking, "Hey, what do you want to do? Do you want her to move out at 18, or do you just want to teach her a lesson?" 
teach her a lesson and say, hey, are you saving? Are you saving? And are you saving? Because at 18, your kids aren't ready to move out at 18. They're legal to move out, but they're not. So you got to deal with it with, hey, you know, what is your end result that you're wanting? That's what business people know. Don't say stuff because you want to be in control. Say stuff to get you to your end. That's the art of the deal. I'm out of time for uh, for part one of the main event. Stick around for five, after five minutes of uh, commercial weather and traffic, and we'll continue this discussion. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. I don't talk about mortgages or real estate on the radio too much because I just don't think, uh, unless you're in the market for that, that it's all that exciting. But a lot of you are in the market for that. And if you need financing, that's what I do all day, all week. You want to talk to someone who uh, thinks like you do, call me at 855-640-2020. 855-640-2020 or get me on my website, wccloans.com. So we've been talking about uh, the week in Trump land, the week in the United States of America, the week in uh, the land of hope and opportunity uh, that's about to take place on January 20th when it actually goes into full gear. Seems like Trump is... Uh, doing more for this country before he even gets in. I don't even know if we mentioned this last week. I think it happened this week, but I don't have it in my notes for this week that uh, IBM is uh, agreeing to bring back, uh, I guess uh, Trump made a deal with him to bring back uh, some amount of trillion dollars into this country. And he's going in exchange for that. He's only going to charge him uh, like 10% taxes on it. And uh, they're going to, in exchange for that, they're going to, they're going to hire 25,000 new people to, uh, to expand their company in the in the new business friendly America, so <clears throat> didn't even mention that. But we were talking about uh, Rex Tillerson, his vice, uh, his uh, st- uh, secretary of state nominee, and uh, and how uh, people are got their knickers in a twist over uh, over the fact that he's done business with uh, Vladimir Putin and the Russians. He's also done business in about fifty other fifty other countries in this in this world, and I think. That makes him uh, qualified to uh, to go into other other countries and do some negotiation on USA's behalf instead of just sending in uh, I don't know Hillary Clinton whose uh, her qualifications were uh, she's married to the president all right she she flew to 112 co- uh, countries in that time uh, yeah so she spent our money what did she do I saw her dancing with some African people doing some little dance and I uh, I saw her push a reset button and uh, what did that what has that done for us. One of the people who's got worked up over Tillerson's nomination is Colonel Ralph Peters. Here's what he said. We're suckers for the Russians. I'm afraid the president-elect is being suckered. And I do not trust anybody who has done mega-billion-dollar deals with Putin's government. Can't do business with Putin's Russia without getting dirty. It can't be done. And I want to see somebody who puts America's interests in front of those of ExxonMobil. You know what? Ralph Peters... Colonel Ralph Peters, I appreciate his service to this country, and uh, but he's a regular turncoat. Ever since uh, Trump clinched the nomination, he has something whiny to say about everything. I'm not sure what his motive is. Not sure what his motive is because he should be pro-American and he should be able to see that because he's a military guy. I only have one question to ask him. Stand up and tell the class. What do you want to do with your life? Yeah, what do you want to do with your life, Colonel Peters? 
I know you're retired and you did did some great things in your life, but what is the point of you coming on TV and 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 just criticizing everything? You know what? Things aren't working. Trump's doing a about face, 180 degree turnaround. Here's what Rex Tillerson himself said about his relationship with Putin and his commitment to honoring the U.S. sanctions with Russia. I have a very close relationship with him. Uh, I don't agree with everything he's doing. I don't agree with everything a lot of leaders are doing. Uh, but he understands that I'm a businessman. And I've invested a lot of money. Our company has invested a lot of money in Russia very successfully. And he knows that us being there has, has caused good things to happen for them. And he understands that's you know, I'm going to comply with the sanctions. You know what? I like, I like people from Texas because they have guns and they have low taxes and they drill for oil and uh and they just do things they do things very american like and they're very republican and uh so rex tillerson obviously from texas and of course uh of course uh we have his friend rick perry who's gonna be the secretary of energy so uh i'm i'm excited but uh tillerson may have a hard time being confirmed by by the senate because many democrats and even some republicans like our other less than less than bold Republicans like John McCain, Lindsey Graham, and Marco Rubio have expressed concern. Former White House Press Secretary Dana Perino has her own thoughts on why Tillerson is being met with so much opposition, at least when it comes to the Democrats. I think that the left's real concern is not Russia. That's an excuse. Their concern is climate change and fossil fuels. So this is just an excuse for them to be able to block, try to block somebody or be against somebody, not because of the real issue that they say, but the underlying issue for them is always climate change. Hmm, there's, there's, a, there's a tangent I didn't go out on. Climate change. I have to think about that and comment on it next week or the week after or the week after. I don't know. I'll have to put that on the on the back burner because it's really not that important to me climate change because I just don't believe it's happening. I believe God created an earth that renews itself and I don't think uh unless the whole world does something that we if even if it is man-made that we can't we can't do anything ourselves and there's no sense in crushing the American economy and the American lifestyle to clean up the world when no one else is doing it. We're allowing China to do what they do. And uh, I'm just encouraged by those those uh, Antarctic volcanoes that that, uh, ex- that erupted way back when in the 80s and replaced the ozone layer and just one big burp of the Earth. The Earth just burped and blew out a bunch of stuff into the, into the air and the ozone was repaired. It's a miracle! Can you believe it? We don't have to stop using aerosol cans. Anyway, just my, uh, that's my opinion. I could be wrong. It's rare. It does happen, though. So anyway, next story, race stories. Here's, a, here's something that will warm your heart. Warm the cockles of your heart. A Muslim college student in New York City who claimed she was attacked by Trump supporters after the election is now under arrest for perpetrating the whole thing as a hoax. Hmm. More anti-Trump, more Muslim people lying and more media people promoting it. Yasmin Seaweed, S-E-W-E-I-D, Seaweed, I'm going to call her Seaweed, has been charged with filing a false report. Here's the full story from Fox's Trace Gallagher. 
At the time, the 18-year-old claimed three drunken young white men taunted her, assaulted her, and hurled a barrage of anti-Islam slurs. She told police the men kept screaming Donald Trump's name, saying, quote, Oh, look, a blanking terrorist. Get the hell out of the country. You don't belong here. She went on to allege the men tried to pull off her hijab, saying that, take that thing off. The student got away and got off of the subway at Grand Central and reported to police, even sat with police officers for hours trying to ID the men on surveillance video. Later blamed the attack on Donald Trump, saying, quote, the president-elect just promotes this stuff and is very anti-Muslim, very Islamophobic, and he's just condoning it. The New York Daily News called the suspects the brutal bigots and the hate-spewing trio. The LA Times wrote, quote, Muslim women, plural, targeted in New York, and now we know it never happened. The 18-year-old told police she misguidedly made up the tale to get attention because she was having issues with her family. She has been charged. Isn't that warm the cockles of your heart? Doesn't that just make you feel all warm and fuzzy? Muslim girl, 18, goes out drinking with her friends. Going to get in trouble with her family, so she makes up a story. I think that happened at, uh, was that Penn State? Or uh, what was that college where some girl decided to say that the whole lacrosse team raped her? Later found out it was all untrue. I don't know, whatever it was. Duke University. Okay, that was it. And it was one of those big names in university. I'd be at a college dropout like uh, some other losers like uh, Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. Not big on those those college names. But uh, you know what? Um, just goes to show. You know what? Uh, some some Muslim girl lies and blames it on, on drunken white guys. And uh, the media runs with it. Meanwhile, some people have been able to get over that myth that Trump is causing racial division. One of them is former NFL great Jim Brown. He's, he supported Hillary but met with Trump at the Trump Tower this week and discussed his concerns about black youth. Here's what he said after uh, talking to Trump. And he was knowledgeable and he gave me great respect. And I was so encouraged because, you know, his aides, they get what I do and they've done their research. They understood America and they know that I, my, my big joy in life is to help people to make a difference in this country and uh, not to just talk about it. There are young black kids getting killed every day. Homicide rate is unreal. Nobody's talking about it. Nope, nobody wants to talk about that. They only want to talk about when uh, when cops kill black kids. They don't want to kill talk about black kids killing each other, any of that stuff. They don't want to do anything to really improve black kids or white kids or Hispanic kids or any kids uh, place in life, their, their quality of life. They don't want to do anything to help them move forward in their life. They just want to, to create, keep the racist, the race card, the racist conversation going, you know what? Uh, and this, and this here, you know, I think Jim Brown, uh, Jim Brown is, is a black leader who understands the truth that, you know, until, until the, uh, until the black kids start learning how the world works, and not from a racist eye, but from the, hey, you know, you need to be responsible. Hey, the black parents need to be re- to teach their kids some responsibility, some respect for authority, some respect for their elders, some respect for themselves. And not be, uh, not be uh, gang bangers and thugs. And, uh, and they can be anything they want to be. President Obama's election to the White House should have been the end of racism. It should have said, hey, I'm the president now is elected by black people and white people. 
He should have used that platform to end racism. There's no reason that, hey, the ceiling is broken. There is no more glass ceiling for, for any race because you can be anything you want to be. You can be the most powerful man in the country. And, uh, but instead, he said, hey, this is time for payback. And you know what? Makes me sick. So, uh, but, it, but it brings, brings to mind one of my, one of my heroes, uh, George Foreman, the boxer, George Foreman, the, uh, grill, the, the lean, mean, fat reducing fighting machine, uh, uh, pr- proprietor. And, uh, you know, the guy that, that fought in his young, young days and then got out of boxing and then became a, a, a preacher. And then he went back to boxing in his forties. And, uh, I remember him fighting his last fight with Shannon Briggs. I don't remember what year it was. It was in the late eighties, early nineties. And, uh, and I remember watching this, this fight on pay-per-view and thinking very clearly that George Foreman won. And I was kind of, I was kind of, what do you mean they announced, they, they gave it to Shannon Briggs and, uh, you know, Foreman clearly won it. And, uh, but I was, my whole attitude changed when, uh, Larry Merchant interviewed, uh, George Foreman after the fight. Here it is. George, your reaction to the decision? Well, Larry, I want you to see something. Look, that's about eight weeks I spent on that George Foreman lean, mean, fat-reducing grilling machine. I would grill right in the bedroom, steaks and uh, salmon steaks, and I was able to lose a lot of weight, and I used it. The thing really works. And recently in Texas, they just started this home equity loans. People can borrow that little extra money they need on the mortgages. And, and, and what has that got to do with the price of tea in China or the result of this fight? I'm trying to sell my grill, Larry. <laughs> you know, Shannon Briggs won that boxing match. I've had 80, or I don't know, 76, 78 victories. In your There's heart no of diff- heart, do you think you won the fight? Well, it's kind of childish. If you win a boxing match, they give it to you. If you lose it, they take it away. You just go on about yourself. I learned this from you, Larry. The only thing count is tomorrow. It's not, yesterday is dead and gone. If I could do it all over again, I probably would have thrown a few more punches and gone more for a knockout. But this is an excellent young man. He just lost his mother not too long ago. And he's had a hard life. And if that victory can help him... It was, cl- it was clear that your corner thought you won the fight. Most people in the audience thought you won the fight. Going into the last round, did you feel you'd won the fight? You didn't have to score a knockout? Well, that fight is gone, Larry. you got to start crying about something for tomorrow. I've got four boys at home. If they hear me, nan-nan-nan-nan about a loss, what can they do in basketball and football games? Just got to go on to the next boxing match or next game and forget that I'm happy I'm not hurt. I'm almost 50 years old. That young man had to suck it up, and he took everything he had just to stay in there with me. And I'm proud of myself, and he's showing the world that the age 50 is not a death sentence for an athlete. You can uh, pursue excellence as long as you want, not when people say it. You know what? That is a class act. That is a class act. I saw George Foreman. Uh, I've, I've talked about going to the uh, the – the real estate and wealth expo in uh, in New York City in 2008, I think it was, and um, seeing uh, Trump was the keynote speaker, and on Sunday and Saturday was Anthony Robbins and George Foreman spoke on on Saturday afternoon. What a great what a great attitude! And you know what the difference between rich people and poor people in this country are, folks? Listen, it's the way you think. It's the way you think. Rich people think like rich people. Poor people think like poor people. If poor people want to stop being poor people, all they can do is change the way they think. Watch how Trump operates. 
Listen to how George Foreman just spoke. Hey, you know what? It's a boxing match. It doesn't mean anything. It's a belt. He's made a lot of money. He's had a great career. And he, you know, hey, win or lose, it's boxing. It's not, it's not a world peace. It's not that it's, you know, it's sports. It's not as important as, as many things are out there. And George Foreman had a great attitude. You know what? I, I, uh, I get hit with charities calling me all the time looking for donations. And I've been, my wife and I have been generous with various different charities. Right now, we, we have our own charity, WCC Charities. And uh, this year, and I'll talk about this more next week on our Christmas show. But uh, we've, we've given a lot of money to uh, the boot campaign and Gary Sinise Foundation. And uh, we're really focused a lot on the uh, a lot on the veterans charities because I believe our our government treats our our vets uh, like trash. You know they they make they don't they don't realize the long term effects of what our what our our boys go over there and our boys and girls the the price that they pay and they just patch them up they pay them nothing for going over there they patch them up and then uh, you know leave them leave them to uh, deal with the with the VA medical thing which is which is a uh, historically not been good and uh so our charity mostly uh supports the veterans although we we also uh uh took care of 173 foster kids last week and made sure they had christmas and uh we had a santa claus and uh uh, us and all our employees uh uh took care of 173 kids some people donated and the other people shopped Uh, i know don and i went and took care of 55 of them which was uh the ones that we were supporting and the ones of people that paid the money and we spent like four and a half hours at toys r us and uh and uh one day the next day uh like an hour and a half in the mall buying pairs of uh, nike shoes and van shoes and and uh bicycles and trikes and lego sets and uh, tablets and iPods and uh, what do you call the MP3s that aren't iPods and uh, video games and we got some gift cards for some kids that were asking for some stuff that was a little more grown up than what I was prepared to uh, uh, be a bad influence on. You know, some uh, some kids asked for some uh, video games that I don't play video games much myself, so uh, I wasn't aware of the rating the rating system and I uh, I got educated when I visited uh, the GameStop about the kind of games this kid was asking for. I said, eh, how about a gift card so he could buy that stuff if his parents were okay? I said, if he can brings in the gift card, could he buy this stuff? Not unless the parents with him. Okay, gift card. All right, I don't wanna, I don't wanna be a bad influence on these kids, but you know what? Uh, uh, one of the charities that Don and I personally have given to is, uh, P- which is PAL, which is the Police Action League. And they always tell us what they do, and you always wonder, you know, you give to these charities, do they really do anything? And I heard George Foreman on a on an interview uh, a year or two ago saying how uh, when he was a kid uh, on the streets of wherever he grew up, I'm not, I don't remember the city, but him and Joe Frazier uh, were involved with uh, the Police Action League, took them off the streets and got them into the boys' clubs and got them involved in boxing and and athletics. And he said, you know, what if it wasn't for uh, for the Police Action League. Um, who knows where their lives would have gone and, and everybody knows who smoking Joe Frazier was in, uh, and, uh, George Foreman, what, what great examples of, uh, of, uh, guys that came from, came from nowhere and really did something great with their lives in the, in the world of boxing and, uh, and George Foreman and, uh, as a, as a pastor as well. And, uh, I just think we need more of that in this world.
We need more of that in this world. So uh, so let's talk let's talk about the interest rates because I'm in the mortgage business and it's all in the news this week. You know, uh, since Trump become a, became elected, we see the market is reacting and you're seeing the stock market go up, up, up. And the more the stock, more the stock market goes up, people pull their money, money out of bonds and they invest in stocks because that's how, uh, that's how the masses do it. You know, you see the stock market go up. So you put money in stock market. Um, smart people, smart people, rich people think a little different. They say, Hey, you know what? When the stock market goes down is when you buy, buy the, when you get the, the deals and remember the, the object of the game, remember the object of the game. Remember Rex Tillerson's going to go negotiate with other countries. going to say, what is it I'm trying to, what is it I'm trying to accomplish here? Donald Trump's going to be in the white house. Say, what, am, what is it I'm trying to accomplish here for the United States of America? When you're investing, what is it you're trying to accomplish here? Buy low, sell high, buy low, sell high. Go to go to the store. You know, I remember when uh, a few years ago, my wife wanted some Uggs, some Ugg boots for Christmas, and everybody was sold out of size sevens. And so I went on to eBay, and and Ugg boots should have been like seventy nine bucks, and I ended up paying three hundred bucks because somebody went, somebody smart went to uh, went to the stores, bought all the size seven Ugg boots, and they put them on eBay for three hundred bucks. And you know what? Uh, one of my one of my employees go, man, I can't believe you're paying three hundred bucks for a seventy nine dollar product. And I said, you know what? You don't you don't even understand the concept of happy wife, happy life. So I'm not listening to you. You know, this is what my wife wanted. And uh, those of us that know us know that we have about any anything we want. Um, we're not Donald Trump. We're not Donald Trump rich, but we do pretty good and, uh, we're not hurting for anything. And when my wife saw something she wanted, Hey, there is a, there is an opportunity there. She mentions, Oh, I want to get some of those Ugg boots. Those are cool. All right. Then that's the one thing I can get her for Christmas that I know she wants. If I have to pay 300 bucks for them because everybody's sold out of that size, I'm going to do it. But you know what? Somebody had the had the the thought process. These things are so popular. I'm going to buy them in the popular sizes. I buy low, sell high. Okay. So, but the masses are are not that smart. Most people bought gold at eighteen hundred dollars an ounce because look at how look at how gold is. It was should only be six hundred dollars an ounce. Went up to eighteen hundred bucks, and they bought, and then it came back down. I don't know what the price is now. About twelve hundred bucks, something like that. Who cares? But, you know, they, they trick people into thinking that's what they should do. So on Wednesday, Federal Reserve raises benchmark interest rate for the first time in the year, second time in a decade, signaling that rates could continue to rise next year. So they raised it a quarter of a percent. So I'm going to give you, in my words, in my words, what this means. The discount rate is what the, what the banks, what the government lends to the banks for, and the banks use that as their, as their base rate, and they base the prime rate on it. So the, the discount rate, I think went from a half to three quarters, which means the the prime rate, if it hasn't changed yet, is about to change from three and a half, three and a half to three point seven five. I could be off on that because I'm just I'm just rambling here from uh, so you just understand it in English, and that will affect if you've got home equity lines, home equity lines of credit. That's going to affect those. It's going to affect your credit cards. It'll probably affect. Uh, car loans, anything that you're taking out. It'll also affect the interest rate you're getting at the bank in your savings account. Okay. Doesn't directly affect mortgage rates, but because of what they see coming, but because of what the market sees coming, because of all the positive stuff that Trump's doing, people are driving the the stock market up. Do I think the stock market should be at 20,000 or above? No. 
I think that there's a lot of weakness in our economy. But for right now, the 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 um, the emotions of what's happening. And I'm high on the emotions, too, because I see there's going to be some great stuff happening in this country. We're going to make America great again. But the stock market's oversold. Stock market's overvalued, in my opinion. I have have almost no money in the stock market. I'm waiting for it to drop, and then I'm going to move my 401k money into the stock market after it drops from 20,000 to 10,000. Okay? Because that's what rich people do, is they think like that. Wait for the bargains. Buy low, sell high. So uh, here's finance reporter Charles Gasparino on uh, on Trump's role in this. The market, uh, since Donald Trump has been elected, is, is going towards 20,000. It's right. off a little bit from its highs today. But, you know, I think we're going to get there in the next couple of days. Uh, and that's a good thing because because peop- traders are saying that his free market capitalism, lower taxes, less regulations, is very, very good for the, for the markets and for the economy. It is going to be very, very good for business and jobs, and that'll be great for this uh, for this country. Here's here's Charles Gasparino debating with uh, Fox Business reporter Melissa Francis. Don't look at short-term interest rates. Look at long-term interest rates. Look at the 10-year bond and the 30-year bond. Interest rates there are spiking because traders are also saying, wow, all this stuff Donald wants to do, including infrastructure spending, mm-hmm. might blow up the deficit, cause massive inflation. And guess what? Those interest rates are going up now. But, but they're, that's they're ill-informed. Up. That's ill-informed. Well, he's ill-informed. Ar- yes, it is because so he's the whole already bond market's talked wrong about and you're how right. he's going to. Fi- they don't believe how he's going well, to finance these infrastructure plans. Well, that's what markets are for. And, and he, listen, we're not saying that is what is going to happen. I am telling you what the market is saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, the market is telling you what the masses are thinking. It's not telling you necessarily what's the truth. Is this going to? Is Trump going to blow up the the uh, the national debt? No, because of how people react, how uh, how human behavior is. Cut taxes, cut taxes creates job. It doesn't reduce the doesn't reduce the amount of taxes coming into the government. It increases it because it's got more people working. We got everything to be happy for, folks. Next week is Christmas. I'll be broadcasting on Christmas, but you probably won't be listening. But I hope you will. Thanks for listening to the main event. I'm all out of time. My name's Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week. The content in this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB Number 096199.